Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Outlier Health Podcast. I'm joined with my partner, Matt Frazier. And this is going to be an unstructured, unplanned conversation because I threw a curveball at him and decided we're going to talk all things sleep today. So, Matt, how did you sleep last night? It's actually ironic, funny uh, choice of topic because I had a very bad sleep last night. I talked about it on the Plant Based Morning Show. Uh, I'm trying all manner of things recently to, to fix it because I've slept badly for a while. We have a foster dog right now and a puppy and a cat. And like one or usually two of them will wake me up at different times in the night for different reasons. And, uh, man, I, I, I end up getting enough sleep, but I, it's broken up. So like there's a two hour gap between, you know, when I'm up between like four and six and it just, it just kills me. I just feel terrible the next day. So I'm working on it, but that's, that's the story of my life in many ways. How about you? How'd you sleep? Um, well, I have, uh, you know, three small children and Adriana is, is nursing the, the newest one. So sleep is definitely broken up and it's actually an interesting, I, I didn't expect to go there that quickly in this conversation, but I've actually found that I can do way better on five or six hours of sleep, which is not ideal by any means. Um, if it's five or six hours of of contiguous sleep mm -hmm. as it was like eight hours of sleep but like punctuated because a kid is sick and waking up every two to three hours because their throat hurts or their their nose is stuffed or whatever um which is really interesting and i can't imagine how you deal with that or for that matter how either yeah I, I try to tell myself that like it's that it's still healthy that i'm that i'm getting the health benefits of that much sleep because that's my real concern is like you know, if, if you go and I have, right, go years and years with just interrupted sleep where you're up for two or three hours in the night, uh, you know, that's generally not a good thing. It's linked, linked to Alzheimer's in, in later life. Mm -hmm. I mean, lack of sleep is, uh, and other bad things, but it's funny because there's like that whole, uh, sleep, like the, the multi, what's it called? Polyphasic sleep community where they, they like sleep 40 minutes a night or whatever. And they break it up into, into these naps and somehow their body learns to get very quickly into the deep stages of sleep. Um, so they're actually sleeping like better by breaking it up, or at least they think they are. But man, for me, I just feel terrible. Like no matter what I what about the health thing, I just feel awful when I like it feels as if I did not get the uh, didn't get half as much sleep when when it happens. Yeah, um, Dr. Rhonda Patrick, who I respect a lot, uh, she's something of an expert in all things fasting and Alzheimer's. Seemingly, everything kind of revolves around those two things with her. It, in addition to many topics, she's not like a plant-based, uh, but she's she's a she's a dedicated um, scientist, and uh, she you know was questioning whether or not to have kids because of the importance of sleep, mm. and you know she knows so well the science behind how you know like when you sleep, your your brain is awash with these fluids that literally clean out the beta amyloid plaques that lead to alzheimer's right and so like for her that was a huge consideration knowing that she would lose years of her life to poor sleep if she right. had kids and that always stuck with me um meanwhile i'm on kid number four and we haven't slept well <laughs> in half of a decade so you know um the other thing i was going to mention you meant you brought up the polyphasic sleep that is fascinating because um you know i think they they found uh reference to that in like medieval texts about uh something called the second sleep yes i've heard about that a lot 
Yeah, it was assumed. This isn't quite the 40 minute sleep broken up in five stages, but it was like some sort of idea, which makes some sense, right? That like, if you go to bed with the sun, as one might do, if everything else is done by candlelight, right? Like, mm -hmm. and you go to bed at seven or 8 p.m. And you could easily get, you know, a full six to eight hours by like, you know, two in the morning. And right. you could imagine right. waking up totally rested doing some things um, and then maybe going to sleep again for a few more hours. Uh, so it's a really, it's a strange concept, um, but one that may have some, some historical parallel. Yeah. I've, I've looked at that before, mostly for comfort, like hope, like, because I, like, it makes me feel like not that bad that other people have done this at some point. Like maybe, maybe I'm doing the best thing you can do. Uh, or maybe my body's naturally supposed to wake up, you know, and not be able to go back to sleep at, at three, 3 AM or whatever. Uh, but I read that it was like really just a cultural thing. Like for some reason there was no biology. I don't know how they determined this, but they had kind of figured out that it wasn't, maybe it doesn't happen. It hadn't happened in other parts of the world or something. Cause it was just like strictly cultural was sort of the, the conclusion that I saw. It wasn't having to do with our biology. Yeah, I can, I can, I can, I, you know, that anthropolog anthropological sort of trying to derive an understanding of what's going on like that is, you know, probably gonna leave some gaps in terms of a full understanding. But what time do you go to bed at night? Typically around 10. Um, With like 10, 10 as in you're in bed, like lights are dim and you're reading by 9.30 and asleep by 10? Or like 10 you're getting in yeah. bed and turning on Netflix, at which time uh, you're falling asleep by like 10.45 or 11. No, I mean, you know, you know, I don't do that kind of stuff, right? I don't watch Netflix in, in bed. I mean, <laughs> my job is a health job. I can't do that. Uh, no, I don't do that. I, I do sometimes obviously still read past them, but I, I try to get the lights out at 10. Uh, it varies. But the time is actually an interesting thing. We'll talk in a minute about a ton of things we've tried. I'd say almost everything I've tried has been has been ineffective. But one that hasn't is making sure I'm actually tired when I get in bed. So ever since I met Aaron and we started living together, my wife, uh, she is an early to bed person. She just gets tired early and, and wakes up early too. Uh, and I always just like, as a, as a husband or boyfriend at the time felt like it's sort of my duty to like go to bed with my wife. You know, like I just, I just felt strange, like staying up late. It yeah. just felt like this is a married thing to do is you go to bed together. Um, and so I just trained myself to go to bed way earlier. And I came across this thing from Dr. Gregor that he called sleep conditioning, which is different from sleep hygiene. It's in, I think it's book, how not to diet. Um, and it was the first time I really ever heard this. And it was like, you can do all these things about your environment and the, the way you sleep, but you need to actually make like, make sure your body is learning when it's think like your, when your habits tell you to go to bed, uh, that better align with when you're actually tired. And if it doesn't, you're, you're bound to have problems. And that's, I would say the most effective thing I've ever tried or, or learned is that like, I have to actually be tired when I go to bed. I can't, if I, if I go to bed too early, I'm going to wake up at 2 AM or 3 AM and just lie there staring at the ceiling for two hours. That is fascinating. I've never had that problem probably because I have such a dedication to like physical, you know, uh, exercise like you, I mean, I think exertion, I don't know. We're going to go through a list of things that we've tried. Um, and ultimately, I'll, you know, spoiler alert, what I found is like the number one thing for me, mouth taping, blue blockers, you know, not using screens, all that stuff. 
the number one thing for me is like just exhaust yourself during the day and like you know and don't drink caffeine caffeine you know too late in the afternoon for sure you know but like yep. even that can be balanced like the best sleep i've ever had in my life is is the days that i, I do you know an 80 mile bike ride and it's like oh that's unsurprising right it, mm -hmm. it kind of makes sense you're just exhausted you like hit the you know bed at whatever time i would fall asleep immediately and i don't wake up in the night right um yeah. I, I guess i'm blessed in that way because yours sounds like a, a real curse um yeah and that so so but so go back then what's the difference between sleep hygiene and sleep conditioning I actually, yeah, I was wondering about that before the show. I don't know what the specific definition is. I, the conditioning has to do with training your body to have these, you know, the sleep routine. I'm pretty sure that's like what it is. I don't have it in front of me, unfortunately. Uh, and the and the hygiene, of course, is like to me much more about your environment and what you're doing, um, which includes you know putting alcohol in your body. I guess you're kind of changing that environment. But this this conditioning is like making sure your body is trained to, you know go to sleep at the right time when you actually go to sleep, I guess. Um, but I, I should have a, I should, I should know that definition. Maybe I can find it. Well, let's talk about the sleep hygiene or the sleep hacks, because yeah. those are everywhere. Uh, a couple episodes ago, um, we made fun of the incredible morning routine that would be required for one to align with all of the many, many um, predictor, uh, you know, prescriptions from mm -hmm. health experts of all type. Um, my favorite, and remind me, if you've ever tried mouth taping, Yeah. but recently this has been all the rage, um, and I tried it for only a few days, admittedly only a few days. I probably should have done it for longer before I get on a podcast with you and discuss it. Um, but the idea there is, you know, we should be breathing through our nose. There's all sorts of benefits. I'm a big proponent of breath work. Um, you know, I think a lot of the benefits of meditation, you know, can be tied back to the breath, right? Um, and, uh, and so one can imagine that breathing through your nose throughout the night is a good thing. Taking it to the extreme of taping your mouth shut with some sort of medical tape or a branded, you know, tape thing uh, was a little too far for me. <laughs> I woke up um, throughout the night. Like it was yep. a terrible night's sleep. Yeah. At one point I woke up in the night, like, you know, feeling like my mouth had been taped shut. Like it had integrated itself into this semi-lucid dream where I was like awake enough to know my mouth was taped shut, <laughs> but it was like a bad dream in the sense of like, it was scary. Right. Yep. Um, and uh, so I tried it for like, I think three nights. As it turns out, I got sick on like day three. I don't know if it's because I totally disrupted my sleep patterns uh, right. and therefore my immune system was more susceptible um, or if that's just, you know, a uncorrelated, but obviously when your nostril is totally full of phlegm um, and your mouth is taped shut, it's a really bad uh, recipe. So, <laughs> so I gave up on it obviously until I got healthy again um, and I just didn't go back. <laughs> That's yeah. my experience with mouth taping. How about you? It's it's very similar to yours. I've done it I in total, you know, probably three weeks worth of it, not all in a row, but uh I tried like the the home version with whatever tape you can find. Uh with the aid of I think chapstick to help the stuff come off of your lips, because that was a big problem then. It was like sticking to my lips and it would like create, you know, problems. Uh but then I then I ordered some online. I, I forget the brand. 
that had like a little hole in it. So you actually could barely take in some air through your mouth, just not enough. Um, and, and I had the problem you had is I woke up in the night with it. And like, usually I would just wake up and like not even really fully wake up and just take it off in the night and wake up with it off. Uh, right. At the time I was wearing an aura ring, which I've had a, had a long history with. And it kind of fits in the same category here of like thing you try that's supposed to help, but then the thing itself messes you up. Uh, and, and that's like, you know, so I, I noticed that there was no benefit to me from the, I didn't have a lower respiratory rate. I didn't have a lower heart rate. None of those things happened when I successfully slept the night with my mouth taped shut and I'm all about the mouth breathing or the nose breathing. Like I've trained myself to run that way. And it was a very conscious effort over a long period of time, uh, to breathe strictly through my nose while I was running. And I felt great. I loved it. And it got me to breathe that way throughout the day. And it's a good thing. But, uh, yeah, this is one of those that just didn't, just didn't work for me. I haven't ever tried nose breathing while exercising. Oh, or... it's, it's fascinating. I mean, there's all kinds of, it's a really nice governor of your pace and it'll like help force you to run what is truly an easy pace. And as soon as you like find yourself having to open your mouth, you'll say, okay, this is, I'm going too fast. And over time you can improve the pace at which you don't need to open your mouth. And so it's, it's actually a really great uh, technique. I've actually thought about using, cause I have a couple of those package packages of the mouth tape left. Uh, I've thought about using it during the day because um, I am in deep awe of what folks go through during a silent retreat. And like, it's really intriguing to me to imagine like, what if you couldn't talk for a whole day? Because that's one of my other takeaways from that experience is that you tape your mouth shut and then inevitably you want to have another sip of water or you need to say something to your wife right before bed or whatever yeah. it might be. And yeah. like, you, yeah. but your mouth is taped yeah. shut. Right? It's like, so you're like, okay, do I rip this off and waste the 25 cents that that one strip costs me so I can mm -hmm. say that thing to my wife or have that sip of water or whatever it is? Like, it's just, I, I don't know. The user experience leaves a lot to be desired. Um, I, I want to go off on a really quick tangent um, because I recently shared with you a meme about how uh, someone uh, went to start a company or it was a sleep tracking app. Um, but regardless of your performance uh, sleeping, it would always tell you that you were super well rested. And mm -hmm. that aligns with the criticism that you and I have had over the years, which is like when you wear an aura ring, like I'm wearing now, by the way, this aura ring hasn't been charged in like six months. <laughs> I just like, and we can talk, we, we can, well, I don't actually know my wedding ring is is somewhere um at, at our house as you know we're not at our house right now and uh and so like i just keep wearing this one because if you know it just feels likely not to um but i don't i stopped paying attention to the sleep tracking and we can go into that part separately but i wanted to i wanted to get you uh your take because you disagreed with the idea that we should lie to ourselves using these sleep trackers because you know and again going back to the point i was making like how many days do you wake up and you're like, ah, oh, I feel pretty good, right? Like I'm going to go and go for a run, go get a workout in. Like I'm, I'm so excited. I have three hours before my first phone call that I get to like have a great working session. And, uh, and then you look at the sleep tracking data and it says like, you are not recovered. Take it easy today. Like your heart rate, the variability is like way out of whack. And then you like start to get into your head. Like, oh my gosh, like I'm, I can't push myself. And, 
I don't think that's good, right? Like just right. listening to your body in a much more natural way makes sense. But you also don't like the idea of of an app that just feeds you positive reinforcement um, when perhaps it is undeserving. Right. Yeah. I mean, like I, I've definitely had the experience and that's part of the reason I stopped wearing the aura because I was sleeping badly so many nights and couldn't seem to fix it. Uh, and like you eventually get sick of seeing that you didn't sleep well, right? It, like it eventually makes it worse. Like if you're already feeling badly after a bad sleep, like that's pretty bad to also see like yet another night getting a 65 sleep score or whatever. Uh, and it's red color instead of green. Like that's, that makes you feel bad. Um, so I think that's one of the problems with them for sure. I, I don't think that, uh, one that does the opposite, it would necessarily be good. I, I do think it like, it would, it would help you in the moment. Um, but like, if that's true, then, then what about like homeopathy? Like this, this whole field, and maybe some listeners will be offended because they're big fans of it. Um, but that's, that's a placebo effect. Like it is, that's, that's all it is. Um, does that mean that that our doctors should start uh, prescribing that to people? Like, should everyone take that? Like, should that be common practice among doctors? Is do that because that is a it has a known positive placebo effect on people? And I think most people would say no. We shouldn't we shouldn't train ourselves to believe things that actually aren't true. Um, there are a lot of there's a great book called Bad Science by Ben Goldacre, uh, and he has a really convincing discussion about why why a placebo effect is not a good. He's he's very much anti. Uh, homeopathy and and many other uh, kind of quackery, other forms of quackery. Anyway, um, yeah. So I unfortunately I don't have that in front of me either. So I don't know. Uh, I don't remember the argument, but I remember being very convinced that like it, it is not a good thing for us to just uh, you know take placebos all the time. Well, as a reminder to our audience, we decided to do this conversation on the fly, which is why you don't have those things in yeah. front of you. Yep. But yep. I think that's good because it forces us to rely on our own opinions and rather than others. I don't know where I fall on this because, um, you know, there's there's the placebo effect, uh, especially if you want to believe in it, uh, has some really incredible stories behind it. Um, you know, the one, you know where the placebo effect, the name came from, right? I don't think so. Where'd it come from? It was the Civil War and a doctor, um, uh, ran out of morphine. And as we all know, the Civil War was a particularly brutal war. Um, and these stories where, you know, essentially, he would say like, Oh, you know, you're so lucky, we found one more bottle of of morphine, and he would mm -hmm. inject the soldier with saline. Um, and uh -huh. he would see heart rate and other, you know, obviously, their reaction to getting their legs sawn off. Um, was uh, significantly improved as if they had gotten morphine. And that was so intriguing to him that he dedicated the rest of his post-war um, practice to the research uh, or hmm. to researching um, the placebo effect. And when you hear some of these stories, uh, which you call quackery, um, related to the placebo effect, I mean, it is, it is incredible. So I actually, yeah. I wonder because you know, one of the sayings that I that I often tell myself is like, don't believe everything uh, you think, right? Because, <laughs> um, you know, we can get into these really harmful, you know, uh, loops in terms of our own thinking. And on the contrary, like, what if we instead really focus on telling us, uh, telling ourselves 
really empowering, empowering beliefs, right? Mm -hmm. and, and really reinforcing that stuff. And what would that do to our own psyche and to, to healing things? So I don't know. I want to believe in, in as you call it, quackery. I, I, I want it <laughs> to be real. And, and I, need to, I need the placebo effect more in my life. Yeah, it's funny because like in other in other realms, I, I definitely am of that same mind. Like, you know, I'm I'm a fan of the stuff that Tony Robbins teaches. It had been for a while, uh, maybe not so much recently, but but a long time ago, I, he had a big influence on me. And like, that's what that is, right? It's about like adopting beliefs that you think are the most beneficial for you, not the ones that are necessarily true. And I think when it comes to like personal development and your and your worldview, like in many ways, that is a, a good practice, right? Like to, to believe the things that are most useful. Um, so I, I get I get fully that, that is at odds with uh, you know what I just said about thinking a placebo like this is is good, um, but yeah so yeah like I said it's not something that I thought about that much, uh, just that it, it somehow seems dangerous for it to enter our our medicine realm um, on on a consistent basis. But I you know I I don't know. Fair enough. Um, let's go back to sleep hygiene and sleep conditioning. You know both of us seem to have. Uh, only found a positive effect to improving our sleep um, based on just making sure we're tired, you know, around yep. that time when we want to go to sleep. Um, for me, that has a lot to do with waking up early. Like I found that um, just recently, actually, you know, uh, as you know, we've um, had family in the hospital and like, I'm really, really trying to, to stay healthy because um, obviously, respiratory illnesses, uh, you know, can, can be really bad. Um, and so I have given myself like that permission to say like the most important thing right now is sleep. You know, even, even if I don't have as much time for the productivity that I wish I could achieve during the day, or even if I can't make that one, that uh, one extra, you know, workout this week, you know, like I, I got to get that sleep. Um, and as a result, I might wake up at six or seven in the morning, um, generally not later than that because young kids, uh, but that's, that's like really late compared to where I want to be, which is closer to like five, 5.30 a.m. And it's this vicious cycle now because I did that for a bit to get healthy, the kids were sick, all that stuff. Uh, and getting up at like 6.30 or 7 a.m. Uh, then leads me to be like wide awake at 10 or 11 o'clock so much so that to your point, I don't just turn off the lights and like lay there. I probably should, <laughs> but instead like, I'll just keep working. I'll, I'll keep doing stuff until midnight. And as a result, I, I won't like, I'll be really exhausted and can't get up at 5 AM. Right. So instead I get up at 6:30 or seven, which means I'm still up late at night. And it's like, and I, I, I find myself, you know, literally like in the last day or two, like setting my alarm for 4.30 in the morning because I'm like trying to snap that pattern right. such that I'm just like just dead tired at 9.30, 10 o'clock and like get like just totally change, you know, essentially I'm like living on, you know, Hawaiian time and I, I got to get back to mountain time and it is, it is brutal. It's really brutal to change that, whatever you want to call it, circadian rhythm, your, your internal clock, right? Um, yep. So I'm curious, like when do you, wake up and do you ever play with that to try to help with with your sleep yeah it's it's hard because i like you i get into these cycles where things aren't going well and then i honestly i wake up at whatever whatever as late as i possibly can honestly like whatever 
whenever I can get enough sleep because I wake up for two hours in the night. And then it's like, the only way I'll feel good is by sleeping as much as possible now. Um, but when I've looked up, like, how do you stop that? You hear exactly the, the recommendation that you're describing is like, do not allow yourself to sleep past a certain alarm time. Even if you woke up in the night, you still have to get up at what would have been eight hours of sleep. And that in this way, you train your body to actually be tired on the schedule that you were giving it. Um, and that that's how you kind of get yourself back on track. Uh, I don't think I've ever actually tried that. I never tried to get, I just, I just couldn't deal with it. Right. It's just too hard. Uh, it yeah. not sleeping is one of the most like worst things, like sleep deprivation and not that this is maybe, maybe classified as that, but I mean, it's hard to imagine a, a worse feeling than, than being completely sleep deprived. It's really, it's really brutal. This is, this is coming from someone who has willingly subjected themselves to hundred mile races. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like but, you, you won't, you won't set your alarm for 5.00 AM, you know, but, but you're, you're willing to endure for 24 hours of, of exercise. Yeah. Yeah. It says something. Right. It says something for it sure. Does. Um, what about blue blocker glasses? You know, it, for those of us who appreciate, um, the, the Huberman podcast and, and what he brings to the table in terms of a, a science, uh, an appreciation as a, as an ophthalmologist. Um, and he talks a lot about the ways that your circadian, there you go. I got mine. I'm not sure what you're, sure what you're referring to. I've never heard of these, uh, these devices. Right. <laughs> Yours are a little goofy. I think mine actually they, make me look are. smarter. I have a, I have yeah. a black pair as well and I prefer those, but this is what was right next to me. Well, so, so for those who don't know, the um, circadian rhythm, according to our dear friend Huberman, and again, I don't have any of this in front of me, so I'm, I'm recalling that the, ma the main suggestion, and he speaks quite compellingly over the course of many, many hours, if you want to get into some of his recommendations, is that so much of our circadian rhythm is really, really uh, tied to light exposure through the eyes, and that you know, when you wake up in the morning and get immediate exposure from the sun, unadulterated by windows, I think the recommendation is 10 to 20 minutes of sunlight. Um, that sort of starts this clock that then allows you to, you know, start to get tired as the sun goes down. Really interestingly, he mentions that in the evening, um, uh, at a minimum, if you are going to have light, to not have overhead lights, and said mm. to have like lamp lights, you know, casting down, um, which just, you know, I'm, I'm a sucker for like the evol evolutionary evolution, evolutional uh, arguments, um, mm -hmm. which makes a lot of sense, right? Because like as the sun is dropping, right, the, the angle of those rays, the spectrum that those are hitting your eyes, like it starts to make sense. If the sun is high in the sky, it is, it is more, you know, probably promoting an alertness. Um, so that makes a lot of sense to me. I, you know, I, I don't know if I can point to a real benefit, but I certainly don't mind wearing these glasses at night. Again, I think it makes me look smarter. So mm -hmm. I kind of want to right. promote that. Um, but, but tell me, have you ever noticed a, a difference if you have these glasses on or not? I've noticed zero difference and I've done it, I've done it quite a bit. <laughs> I've even, I've even gone through phases where I, where I, uh, never gonna find like, in, <laughs> like in COVID time, um, I got really into playing FIFA with my son, the, the soccer game on, on Xbox. And, uh, I would stay up late playing that and I'd be up you know, way, way too late for what I was trying to do. Uh, as far as like sleep well, get the next morning work, like just, you know, 
just too late. And I would have some of the best sleeps I've ever had and effortlessly. Like I would just be playing super intense. Aaron would say, how can you possibly go to bed after you just play? Cause you're playing online against people and you get really angry at them and all this kind of stuff when, when you get scored on it and people do celebrations right while you're waiting and you got to watch their celebration. And it's just like this emotional roller coaster, and you're staring at a huge bright screen. Uh, I tried it with and without the glasses and it, I, I could, I can sleep great after that. Uh, and it just doesn't make any sense. And so I, I mean, I've, without the I've glasses, tried, you mean? Yeah, it doesn't matter. I've tried them with it. I've tried, I thought maybe that would improve that and, or, you know, just be a better habit if I'm going to be playing a game late at night. And it just, it just doesn't make a difference. It makes zero difference whatsoever. I don't know about the getting up in the morning in the sun thing. Uh, it sounds good, but like you said, like, can you really point to it being better? And it's kind of where what all these things like where they all fall. It's the same, it's the same story. Like some influencer says, this is the most important thing ever. And the hack's going to, but like you do it and it's like, I don't, I don't know if it did anything. Uh, that's well, been my issue. experience. And I mean, I think that, and uh, you know, it is entirely the reason why there's so much controversy around what is the healthiest diet, right? Because it is nearly impossible to sort through all of the variables right? Starting with genetics to predisposition because of childhood exposure to environmental toxins to, right? Like all these different things to the, you know, sort of convoluted, or I should say conflating number of, of or I should, the number of variables that add, you know, sort of conflation to any model of optimal human health and how this one piece of celery right? <laughs> Every day for 90 days or for nine years, right? Could possibly lead to an outcome of dementia and no dementia, because then you have to control for, like I say, environmental exposures and genetics. And, uh, you know, do, does that person have connections and, and social relationships that are, are pro health? And do they have a sense of purpose? And what about their exercise routines? And, and what's their baseline of activity? It, it gets mind-boggling. I mean, you and I have been wrestling with this for, for the better part of a decade. And I would say equally, you know, the sleep stuff comes in, you know, just the same way, right? Like if, if for us to properly have even an anecdotal N of one understanding of did the blue blocker glasses help us, right? Like we would have to control every single variable in our life for a period of time and then control, you know, the next 90 days in the exact same way, mm -hmm. which of course wouldn't be the same because we're not the same from one 90 day period to the next, such that we could actually look back and be like, oh yes, that is, that is good. Waking up and getting 10 minutes of exposure to the sun has allowed me to sleep better. Um, I think that's our largely the conclusion we've had with all these different technology hacks, which I want to get to a few more because um, I'm curious. I know you've taken melatonin, I think. Um, oh, you know, alcohol enough. is interesting. Caffeine. Um, so CBD, maybe, maybe CBD, even THC, maybe possible. Yeah. They, yeah. You know, they, I don't know. They, they don't, they, I mean, alcohol makes it worse. That's for sure. I, I believe that. That's <laughs> the so one. So the two things we can say is exhaust your body physically or emotionally through FIFA or whatever, right? Be exhausted when you go to bed and you will sleep yep. better. Um, yep. And don't drink. Uh, yep. Those are the two things um, that we can say definitively, uh, you know, help. Um, I'm curious. Let me introduce it real quick. I know I've been talking for a while, but 
But one of the the trends recently, which I've been on as well, is lowering caffeine intake, even early in the morning. Um, particularly what you hear a lot about is that the first 90 minutes of the day to allow your adrenal system to kick in and to have a natural cortisol cycle, you should not have any caffeine in the first 90 minutes of the day. If you do that, you will have a natural energy in the afternoon. You won't feel that slump. Um, and as such, you won't drink as much caffeine in the afternoon. You'll sleep better in the evening. You wake up in the morning more rested. Hopefully, you won't need that caffeine right off the bat. And so you find people who are drinking, you know, instead these rishis and lions made in cordyceps, these different mushrooms that have a, a certain amount of alertness to them. I have to say, I tried it for a while. Um, I did find a benefit to that. Um, like we just talked about, it's so hard to tease out what was cause and what was, you know, not. <laughs> um, but because I was doing uh, so much meditation in the morning, I was naturally not drinking caffeine because there's nothing worse than drinking coffee or tea and then trying to sit on a meditation pillow for like 45 minutes. Like it's the exact opposite of the effect that you're trying to have in terms of quieting the mind. So I did that naturally, just not drinking caffeine. And then I would push it like a half an hour longer. And I do think that that helped, but that also might have just tampered down the full amount of caffeine that I was getting in a day. So talk to us, what is yeah. your experience with, with substances? Well, I mean, first, do you think, you think it was the caffeine that helped or the meditation that helped? I couldn't have well, that's why, you know, that's why I say like, you, it's hard to tease out what was the effect, right? right? Like right. that if yeah. I was just, I was a lot calmer starting the day and therefore I had a different ambition, right? Like I can definitely tell the days where I wake up and like, I am just raring to go and I drink a ton of caffeine. Like I'm working like all morning and, you know, maybe I only had a, you know, 20 minute meditation. And those are the days that I'm, I'm more tired in the afternoon for sure. And I find myself drinking more caffeine than I can't sleep. And it's, it's a bad cycle. So yeah, you're absolutely right that there's a, there, there it's hard to, hard to tease out what's, what's cause and effect. Yeah, as far as caffeine, I don't know. I, I I drink it pretty consistently, but only in the morning. Like usually, I'm I don't drink any caffeine after nine a.m. Like I'm just done with it. I just don't want it uh, in the afternoon. Certainly not in the afternoon. Usually, even after like ten or eleven, I wouldn't want it. Uh, so I don't know. I don't ha I don't have that uh, the cycle problem right with making me drink caffeine in the afternoon. Um, I haven't tried like cutting out that one cup of coffee per day that I have at eight a.m. It doesn't seem like it would be important, but I, I suppose I could. Um, and I've had periods where I have cut it out and I don't remember noticing that sleep was better, but I don't think I was paying attention. So I don't know about that one. Um, CBD, I remember I, when I was using the Aura, I, I tried CBD one time and like had a great sleep. Like my deep sleep number shot up. Um, I'll tell you in a minute about the other way my sleep number shot up, which was great. Um, but it, I was all excited and it was wonderful. And I was like, this is great. And the next night I did it and I couldn't replicate it. And then again and again and again. So I just never, never was able to. Uh, my favorite example of how I actually got way more deep sleep. I was getting like between two and 26 minutes of deep sleep a night. Like that was 26 was my max. And I was thinking, what is wrong with my body? What is wrong? And I tried all these things. This is really when I went down the, the rabbit hole and tried most of these different things we've been talking about. Um, and the thing, there was finally an event that got doubled me. Got, I mean, like always to an hour. That event was upgrading my aura ring to the, to the next model. 
to the most recent <laughs> version. So there, whatever their algorithm was or the device, I mean, it was just wasn't quite right for me and switching to this newest one was. And that's when I started to say like, what, what am I doing paying attention to this thing? I know when yeah. I wake up for two hours at night and I know when I don't, like that's gonna be my sleep tracker for now on is whether that happened. Uh, and so I just don't, you know, it, it causes so much stress. It caused me so much stress trying to figure out what was wrong. Like I, I thought there was a problem. I was like, what's, what's happening to me? If I can't sleep deep more than 20 minutes per night, like what's gonna happen in the long run? Uh, it did bad things for me, you know, and I, and I think a lot of this this technology stuff does that it has that effect on me, uh, which is really what kind of has pushed me away from from a lot of it. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, like in there's a great chart that shows healthcare expenditures over the last like forty years, and it shows the number of doctors and nurses, and it kind of just like trickles up, right? Because like healthcare in this country, we're, we're spending more and more on it every year. So you would imagine we have more doctors, more nurses, more health providers in general. And you have this line that kind of trickles up really slowly over time. Then you have this hospital administrator line that like in the 90s, like it just starts skyrocketing. And so everyone says that, oh, well, it's, you know, clearly, you know, we've built up these bureaucracies in terms of, you know, healthcare organizations right it's it's big business now and like it's just layers of middle management and insurance and like that's that, that's the problem right turns out that whole chart was debunked and it was a classification of what hospital administrator was was like the code the tax code changed uh -huh. right uh -huh. and like so this whole group of people like there's zero change to or rather that the spike was not reflective of the amount of change it probably correlated nicely with doctors and nurses and the like but because like some tax code changed it was just shot up and like the whole world has thought a very different <laughs> right. story right and like right. it's the exact same to you updating your your aura ring it's like all of a sudden if the metric changes yeah. right or the rubric changes you know so it's like oh no matt's actually been sleeping really well for the last three years um <laughs> it just turns out he was using the wrong which may or or it might have been that they were embracing your uh, placebo idea and they said we'll just tell everybody that they're sleeping way better now especially if they've been using our ring uh yeah so who knows well, I mean, you, you gotta when you sign up when you sign up for Aura Ring, there's probably like a checkbox that says, have you been using one of our competitors' <laughs> products? And if you say yes, they will automatically right. double your score to ensure that you feel like yep. the Aura Ring is contributing, you know. I mean, your, like, certainly that's, as much wellness. as it's, it's kind of funny, like, if we ran that company, I think that'd be part of the, the right? Like, at the end of the year, we'd say, well, what are we going to do next year to get more users? You'd think, well, how can we tell people that they're getting better sleep? Because we think this placebo effect would help them. And, like, I'm sure it's <laughs> talked about, right? It it must be. I mean, it, I don't know. It, how how could that how could that be ignored? The, the the impact of telling someone a better score than they're actually getting. Uh, I mean, it does it does open up a whole ethical conversation about like if someone was to sign up for like health height or, or sleep hygiene, like a premium program uh, offered by Aura Ring, right? <laughs> like, would that lead to Aura Ring? You know, kind of creating some some sort of inflation to the score because you start your sleep hygiene right before bed and like you know they just tweaked some numbers to to reinforce the the program um yeah it gets into some like really unethical areas that you have to wonder you know 
uh, yeah, you could see it like those cooling mattresses. You could yeah. see how the cooling mattress could integrate with your aura ring, and all of a sudden you start getting that kind of feedback <laughs> loop, right? That like your yeah. body, you know, um, all sorts of shady shady business practices that I'm sure we'll we'll learn more about in the future. Yeah. Have you tried the? Have you tried? By the way, we're not saying that Oura Ring does any of that. I'm just saying if <laughs> you got to imagine among those companies that there's this and any health company, right? There's an, who's measuring stuff and telling you stuff. I suppose we could do that with our uh, insight program, right? We could tell people better stuff than they're getting. So I mean, I'm just saying it's an issue that could arise in any of these situations. Uh, have you actually done a cooling mattress thing yourself? No, but I have cooled the body. Um, so I'm right. a I'm a big proponent of. Um, uh, tubbing, as I as I call it, uh, bathing, as some others would call it. You like bathing, right? Yeah, that's I like all you do. I, it's, I call it taking a bath. Is that that's what it is, right? Same thing. <laughs> I guess I guess I don't know where tubbing came from for me. It's like a it's like a tub. So you're tubbing. I don't know. I have a lot of weird, yeah. I like that because I'm always cold, and I it makes me warm. And I have you hear different things about what's best at nighttime before sleep, which is not when I do it. I do it usually in the morning. Uh, but some people will really? say, yeah, it's just like, I don't know, like do some stuff in the morning and then I'll usually be really cold and then I'll go take a bath for 30 minutes or whatever. And I usually read or do some work or whatever. Uh, that is but, the strangest thing I've ever heard in my life. You know? Really? Yeah, yeah. Just like when other, when other people would take, would take a shower, I'd do that. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> I, it, it has, it has longevity, like evidence with it. The people who take baths yeah. have lower heart disease and things like this. Um, it's like the sauna. It's it's heat shock proteins. It's the same, you know. Yeah, or it's lying there for thirty minutes and like just giving yourself a chance to lie there for thirty minutes and not like, you know, you, you relax. And I think relaxing is good and something we don't usually do enough of. Yeah, um, that's for damn sure. But that, by the way, that's why I find it so strange because like my day is progressively a go, go, go until I peak out at some point. And then it's kind of like ease into relaxation. And I end the day like totally relaxed, you know, as much as possible getting in the tub. And, you know, like I say, read, like cool down, or I should say, yeah, warm up physically, but like cool off from the day, totally relax. And then just to finish the story, uh, I'll just run a, a tub. It's a tremendous amount of water. And I know there's some environmentalists. I'll have to figure out how to like hook it up to be rainwater or something to, to, uh, to save the water. But I will uh, run a cold tub. Um, and it's usually like 48, 50 degrees, sometimes as much as like 52 degrees, 54 degrees, just straight out of the tap. Um, and most of that science on cold plunging, at least the good stuff coming out of Scandinavia, is done at 52 degrees. So I feel like I'm I'm close enough to benefit. And I, that'll just totally bring your temperature down so much so that I'm often shivering as I go to sleep. But I sleep so soundly. I mean, if I if I could recommend anything to someone is do that, even if you're only staying in there for a minute or something like lowering your body temperature to me like that has been the most restorative process that i have found so anyway that's why i say it's like so strange to me because i can't imagine like in the middle of the day just like going and it sounds lovely i'm gonna try it <laughs> yeah it's funny though about about the sleep thing because you will read people who say take a shower as hot as you possibly can tolerate it 
and that your body will then have a go into a cooling mode because it will be so hot and then you get out of the shower and then you cool as you your body is cooling itself as you get in bed. I actually see that more commonly than I do to cool yourself <laughs> with your bath or your do a cold thing at night. Um so yeah, it's hard to know what to what to believe of those things or which and I'm sure it's not a believing thing. I'm sure there's evidence for each one. Um for me, I, I that, remember Ray Cronice. Yep. He's on the um, cold showers and cold stress therapy and all that for yeah, fat loss. And his, his, his recommendation, which I tried more so for the sleep than for fat loss, was, uh, you know, take your shower um, and then cycle cold, hot, cold. So ending on cold and that, you know, resets something in your circadian rhythm and you'll sleep really well. Um, I've tried that. And like you, like we've both said throughout this episode, it's really hard to say that that was, you know, a phenomenally impactful practice. But I will say that, you know, uh, the cold plunge has, has definitely helped fall asleep quick and feel really rested. Yeah, I mean, so I, I have had the... I think it's called Uller um, mattress cooling thing, where it's like a, a web of tubes that goes under your sheets, basically. And so you do feel it a little bit, um, but it, it runs over the night. You can put it whatever temperature you want. There's an app that can change the temperatures. You could actually wake up to warmer temperatures, like wake up because of it getting warmer, uh, which sounds like a nice, pleasant way to wake up. Um, yeah. And like, it definitely hey, works. And, yeah. And like it, before I got it, I often woke up hot and I thought maybe this is the reason I'm waking up. Like if, if I just didn't wake up hot from the beginning, I just would stay asleep. And like, I definitely stopped waking up hot, but I can't say for sure that it made me sleep better. It's just, it's just one of those things where like, it sort of fixed the immediate cause I was trying to fix or the problem I was trying to fix. And, but like my body found some new way to wake up or not to, not to sleep better. So, you know, I can't say for sure that thing worked. And definitely the, unfortunately the, the product broke after like a year. Uh, it was expensive too. So it was not good. So I still haven't, uh, haven't replaced it. Cause it's just, I don't, I don't feel any need to, I don't know. I, I like the theory. I like the idea that you should be sleeping in the cool, uh, or you can of course set the bedroom much cooler, but, uh, yeah. I don't know. I, if I put it too cold, I don't, I don't sleep well either. Well, if I think if we learned anything, um, <laughs> one, I am, uh, uh, really alarmed and concerned about your sleep. Um, yeah. And I, I want us to figure out some sort of experiment where we we solve this problem. Uh, I know you've been telling me this for for years, um, but like we've just we've just covered mouth taping, cold plunging, waking up early, blue light blocking glasses, morning exposure to the sun, alcohol, melatonin. We didn't talk about magnesium or chamomile, caffeine, the adrenal system. Um, we didn't talk about. We didn't talk about lettuce tea, which I went through for a while thinking that was helping me. And now I think it wasn't. That's it. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't think there's a lot. I mean, you know, the internet is a, is an expansive place and you can roam and find a lot of weird stuff out there. Never have I come across lettuce tea. Is that what you just. Yep. Lettuce said? tea. It was, uh, I think I saw Gregor mention it. Maybe in the same book as he mentioned the other thing, it was like a, a social media trend for a while. You you take romaine lettuce, you steep it in hot water. You also can just eat the lettuce, but it, then you're eating a lot of lettuce at night. It just seems weird. Um, yeah, steep in water. It has a sort of milky stuff that comes out of the the bottom of it, and 
I, I guess it kind of made me feel drowsy. I think it's a real thing, but I, it just didn't last. Uh, I, I heard somewhere that putting on socks when you wake up for whatever reason, I don't know what it had to do with feet temperature that could help you go back to sleep really well. I thought for a while that was happening. I got that cozy thing as seen on TV. Uh, that like it's like a cocoon you're in and it gives you a hug basically and i thought that compression is good because that's like a weighted blanket i've done all that i was about to say the weighted blanket you've done as well yep done that it's okay i like how it feels uh but i just can't say it actually makes me not wake up um so i don't know well, for, anyone, hygiene is, is one. for anyone who is who has made it through this journey into Matt Frazier's sleep hygiene and conditioning and challenges. Um, let us know what you think, you know, find us anywhere on social media, send your, your tips. Although I can't imagine there are many tips out there that we haven't covered since you've now added weighted blankets, lettuce tea and socks to the list. So, um, if anyone's got any suggestions, I'd love to hear it. I'm going to be Wait. thinking of, go ahead. Wait, I, I should add, there, there's one other thing that I think, unfortunately, I can't really control this very easily, but that I think helps. And that's when I feel like I'm really fulfilled. And I'm like, when at the end of the day, I end it, <laughs> this is kind of like your exhaustion thing. I end the day and I'm like, I, I mean, maybe I don't even have to consciously think it, but like, I'm just satisfied. Like I did what I am kind of meant to be doing today. And I did that for a long time. And I think FIFA has been that thing in those moments. I think that's why I was that. It was like, you know, during COVID and you just, that became little bit of a purpose for a while. Um, I think when I'm, when I'm feeling that and like living a life purpose that like feels right, I sleep well. And I, and then when, when I slip out of that, which, you know, doesn't take more than a couple of months, usually, uh, I, I don't. And I, I think maybe that's a, a huge factor, but, but like, how do you, I just, I just want to, I just want to make sure that I'm understanding this correctly. We've just covered 15 things you can do to improve your sleep. And I think the only thing that we have found that helps manifest your sleep is FIFA. Is that late night video <laughs> exactly. games? So and it helps. Um, yeah, we're gonna. But it only helps for know. so long. That's the thing. Like, because eventually I get sick of that, and I don't want to. I don't want to do more video games. So then it stops working for sleep. But this is like Dan Butner has this. When you ask Dan Butner, Blue Zone's author, about uh, you know how do how do people what can they do to be healthier? And and you're hoping for like a a hack, like do this thing, do you know eat more of this food take a handful of this. He'll say, move to a neighborhood or a country or a place where like everyone's healthy around you and where you encounter your neighbors all the time. And there's all this social interaction, but like, so like the recommendation is correct based on large amounts of data that if you live in a place where there's all these things going on, you're going to be healthier, but like, it's just, it's a massive hammer you have to hit the nail with basically, right. To, to uproot your life and change it. And that's for me, like I can see better by, doing all the things that make me feel fulfilled in my life. So it's kind of funny that like that would be the thing, but in the end, it kind of makes sense. Like to me, like it makes sense that that would actually make you really sleep soundly. Whereas it doesn't make so much sense to me that taping your mouth shut should. Right. But, but people love this stuff. These little hacks, like we love the fantasy that you, this one little, one weird trick is going to fix, uh, fix your problem. So I, I don't know. I don't think it's totally inconsistent with, uh, what I think is the truth. By the way, what you just shared actually rings true in the opposite side of sleep for me, which is when I am unclear about like the thing I'm working on, right? Like maybe it's at the end of a weekend, I didn't get to work at all for two days. 
my inbox is full of all these different directions that need attention, you know, plus I have my own objectives for the week and, you know, maybe I didn't get to organize them because it was just a, a really full weekend. Like I wake up Monday morning and it's hard to get out of bed. I don't like, I don't have that, that focus, that motivation, like that clarity. Mm -hmm. um, and conversely, you know, on Wednesday night, cause I've like been working hard for most of the week and I'm like super clear cause I'm like finishing a project. I'm finishing some, some long memo, some, you know, whatever. Uh, and it's like, okay, tomorrow morning, like I know exactly what I'm working on and I'm so close to getting that done. And I'm like super motivated. I can get out of bed a lot easier. And mm -hmm. because I got out of bed easier, like we talked about, I can go to sleep easier. Um, so I think there's a lot to that idea of, of purpose and meaning and satisfaction and rest. So yeah. probably a terribly unsatisfying place to wrap up this episode. Um, but feels like we're scratching at the surface of some deep, you know, truths about yeah right and, and like i said like <laughs> i think i think uh i think dan butner's advice is right and like it's not that satisfying because it's not the one weird trick but uh i i think i don't know i just think the and i think people have started to catch on to this right that it's really generally not about hacks it's about whatever rituals has embraced the journey and you know live your best life i mean that, that's that's much more true than uh than mouth taping Truer words have never been spoken. <laughs> but I am going to be drinking lettuce tea tonight, or at least you should try it. it. See, it has a soporific effect. It make you make you drowsy. Isn't soporific related to soap? No, no. Oh, that's a that's a misnomer. All right, Matt, thank you for regaling us with your trials and tribulations. With yeah, my pleasure. Tea. Thank you as well. We'll be back next week with uh, who knows what, who knows what, but uh, more <laughs> more along this very more. broad theme. I'll bring my lettuce tea. All right. Bye-bye. Good. All right. See you later.